Podcast. Hello and welcome to our weekly episode of the Podcast. We'll be your real breweries for real opinions. As always, wherever you listen to this episode, make sure you subscribe and hit that ding a ling a ling to be notified of all the latest episodes. Feel free and show your support by giving us a five star rating or head to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast, where you can show your official support. My name's Gavin. I've got my usual drinking buddies in the form of Scott and MD. Good evening, gents. Good eve. Good evening, and today, uh, tonight, excuse me, there we go, messed up an, another week in a row. Um, I'm glad to say we are joined by James from Sure Shot Brewing. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing all right, thank you. Thanks for having us on. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been one. Point out there are a number of Jameses at Sure Shot Brewery. It is. Yeah. It is. It, it, we'll, we'll be specific. It's James Campbell. Yeah, James C from Sure Shot. Um, I mean, the other two are great, but I'm not them. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you have to? Is there like a like nicknames for all the Jameses then? Like, or is it just like James shouting on James shouting on James sort of thing? Well, we use surnames because it's just easier. I mean, yeah. I might, have, but not that I'm prepared to admit. You know. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, is, is it part of the uh, hiring policy? You look at the CVs, you're like, Mark, Gavin, Scott, nah, James, hired. James, you're <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Well, that happens, Stance, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, looking forward to, as I mentioned, um, this, incidentally, is, is a podcast that we've, we've tried to, to get this sorted three years ago, um, and that probably shows you where Sure Shot kind of started. And it's probably the best place to start this conversation with you, James, and how Sure Shot came about and the story of how it started. The origin story. Yes, the origins. The prequel. So I've, I've basically been working in uh, beer pretty much all my adult life uh, since I was 24. Mm-hmm. But I, well, I had pub jobs before that, but I've been working in brewery since the age of 24. I'm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Getting on a bit now. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, worked all over the country. Uh, I worked in Ireland for a bit, and then I was at Marble in Manchester. Uh, Thirteen years there as it was a pretty much a one man band when I uh, took the reins there. Uh, and you know, after you know, after thirteen years, that was enough. Moved yeah. on, uh, and always had ambitions of working for myself. Uh, controlling my own destiny, if you will. Yeah. Worked, worked at Cloudwater, helped set up Cloudwater. Uh, I was um, going to say, you didn't, you didn't work at you, you didn't just help, or you didn't work there, you helped set it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was myself and Paul were co founders there. And uh, first started out, uh, there was uh, James and Claudia were also on board, but they didn't, uh, didn't carry on with it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Spent a year between Marble. I was uh, doing some work in Catalonia with uh, Beer Catalonia uh, and also with a couple of local breweries, Runaway and Bruce Smith in the in the northwest, uh, helping set those up whilst I put the work into the business plans and uh, the more the brewing side of yeah. uh, water, um, putting together costings and uh, sorting out hops for the year and things like that. 
And that was a lot of work. Uh, and then Bradwater, eventually we uh, got hold of the premises. Took, that started as a full-time job as well. Uh, forsook the uh, consulting. And I just sort of built and built and built and built. But after three years, uh, that was enough there. Yeah. And uh, time to move on again. Uh, I was thinking about... I, very much ambitions of working for myself, thinking of going freelance, uh, again, as a consultant, whilst I mm-hmm. scraped together a, a business plan and the funds to put, put a brewery together. Yeah. Uh, and I started working at SSV. Uh, I spoke to Sam at SSV about uh, maybe helping out some of his clients. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I can give you a job instead. So I thought, well, that'll do, you know, uh, which I have to say was a great decision. It was a great bunch of people to work with. Yeah. Uh, and it was a very different side of the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so carried on uh, developing plans from there and got talking to a chap called Michael Ford, who's my business partner. Uh, yeah. Met him at, funnily enough, at uh, IMBC, which is, uh, well, same place I met Paul Jones at Clearwater. Uh so got talking to Michael, uh, ran into him again whilst I was between Cloudwater, uh, whilst I was at SSV, and got talking much more seriously about planning the business. Uh, so uh, Michael, very much like myself, uh, craft beer lover, uh, we talked and we planned and we talked and we planned, and then uh, lockdown happened, which was... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It was shit. Right. <laughs> it was shit. Lockdown was shit. It was awful. It was awful for individuals, awful for the industry. And it was, well, I mean, it was absolutely important. I mean, there were much worse outcomes than uh, bad business for a lot of people. You yep. know, terrible business. Uh, but that kind of put things on hold a bit. So we got talking to uh, Matt who uh, Matt at Vocation was also uh, at Marvel. Uh, he was uh, took over from me. It was my sort of, he, he came after me at Marvel's head brewer. Uh, so we we're always quite friendly. Uh, he's head brewer at Vocation, or director of brewing, I think he is these days. Yeah. Uh, and, well, let's do a beer. So we did a, a double IPA that ended up in Tesco's. Uh, yeah. We really didn't know what was going on with the world at the time. We thought, what the hell, let's make a beer. So so we did. We were very happy with it, you know. Uh, that was uh, nice to get some beer out there, nice to get our name out there. It was uh, a cracking beer, to be fair. It's, it's, um, I mentioned, the, the wife always asked me before I, I come out to the garage, to my little space here, and to record the podcast, she goes, who you got in tonight? And I was like, oh, sure, sure. She never, she never has a fucking clue. She just goes, oh, that sounds nice. And I was like, do you remember that? And I, I told her the story because it was just so happened because at that time during lockdown, only time I, I got I got out of the flat was to take the dog a walk and I'd been an artsy fartsy fucking Instagram snob trying to get my pictures of my beer and stuff. I had <clears throat> had a, a can of your beer in my pocket and I'd placed it and uh, I can't remember where I put it. And people obviously people are looking at you like you're a fucking Jake Ball carrying these cans about in the park and <laughs> taking pictures, you know what I mean? Is that I was like, oh, do you remember that? Is like, do you remember that time and I did that and I took this picture and the guy came up with me up to me and a dog and he's like, You're right, son so I and she's like, Oh yes, they come on. So like, I remember the beer very fondly. Um it has a it's a funny story to tell. But yeah, that yeah. was the first introduction of, of Sure Shot and obviously 
from then till now, now like things have obviously changed. And from that moment there, for me, I was like, I me- I messaged you guys the the day I had that beer. I was like, we I need to get you guys in the podcast. I was probably shooting the gun a little bit early, shooting the shot a wee bit too early, and going, I need you guys in the podcast. You'd only done one beer. You'd only just set up, and it was like, can we just like get a couple of beers on the belt first and then come on the podcast? It made perfect sense. But yeah, that was yeah. the first introduction. The beer, the beer was solid. Yeah, I mean, vocation are a great brewery in good hands there, and we had. Uh, I mean, that was uh, that was that was uh, before the other two, James, as well. It was uh, myself and Michael, and uh, a friend of mine, Gabby, did the. Uh, you notice the uh, logos changed an awful lot. Yes. So Gab, I used to work with Gabby at Marvel. She now does uh, AI in Finland or something like that. You know, oh. but she did the uh, original graphic design for us. Nice. Asked for uh, how did I put it? Uh, soapbox pop art, you know, like uh, Daz or something like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> works really well, you know. Uh, but, had that feel about it, like. So we, uh, you know, as time went on, we got closer and closer, and eventually we got uh, looking at various options. Nobody knew what was happening in the pandemic, whether. Yeah. You know, one thing we did decide, you've got, got to start with a small pack option. If you don't have a small pack uh, in the current environment, nobody, you don't know whether you're going to be open, shut, what habit's going to change. Mm-hmm. And also it's a huge market, the small pack market. So we knew from that point, really, had, had to be in cans. Uh, we looked at uh, various business models, uh, how much could be invested, and eventually... Uh, so that Matt was, uh, and sorry, Sam uh, Tracky was selling his plant, his old plants as they were moving up. Uh, yeah, I don't know why it didn't occur to me soon, but uh, just find him up one day and say, "What do you want for it, and what can it do?" <laughs> uh, so, and well, it just seems natural. It's like we don't have to move it, we don't yeah. have to uh, do anything. I mean, we, you know, we changed a few sales when we got there and gave a bit of uh, spit and polish, but. You know, you can just step in, put in some fermenters, put in your can of line, get brewing. You yeah, know, so the day we actually got the lease, we stuck our first brew through, which was, uh, which was, yeah. That's thought, unheard of, really, isn't it? Well, it is, but we had to bugger around with the lease for about six months. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we should print the legends, but, you know, there was, <laughs> there's always something, you know. Uh, I mean, that's the thing that you want, like you said, you just want to step in. And just kind of get brewing. Like you hear stories of, and we've talked to numerous breweries who, like you say, when they get things sorted, it takes them forever just to get kind of up and running, just making beer to start off with. But if you've got that advantage of just having a kit right there, you can walk in and start brewing beer straight away. Well, that's it. It's like having a car without a key. Oh. Aye, isn't it? It's like uh, what, one brewery I worked at got a new plant built and. Uh, but the, the, the fellows who are working on it said, right, we're all done here. And it's like, well, what about that bit of pipe work that we can't get the wort into the fermenter without? It's, oh, well, we'll do that next time when we can come back. And it's like, you fucking <laughs> can I fucking <laughs> need that? <laughs> what are you back for now? No. It's like, no. <laughs> no, yeah. finish the job, please. Fucking hell. Jesus. You know, but that if, we, if we kind of roll things forward to the, kind of the present, I know, um, Scott, I know, Mark, you've got a, you definitely got a bruiser, um, box from Sure Shot. I definitely have. I know I've got a beer from Sure Shot. Mark, 
You've yep. got one as well. What you got? I am drinking uh, Leave the Capital. Oh, the extra, the extra special bitter at a, a modest seven percent. Yeah. Um, sessionable. It's a, sessionable. It's actually um, it's delicious. To be, I'm going to start there because it is. It's but it's super super complex for me. Like it's, I've had a bit. A couple of mouthfuls of it, and I've got something different every single time. I think it's sort of malty. Um, it's definitely got the biscuit base. It's like the mouthfeel of it is really. It's got. It's got like a syrupy. Like I, I wrote treacle down, and yeah. on my notes, it's kind of got that like syrup quality, as in like really like dense kind of mouthfeel. But it's not. It's not as sweet as treacle would and syrup would make it seem to be, but. It's also got like a bit of spiciness to it as well that you would hope you would get from well a bitter in general, but let's be honest, a seven percent bitter. You know, you want something that's yeah. gonna. Um, you know what it actually reminds me of is like a hot toddy. You know, like as in like you get the whiskey burn, like you get the booziness from it, but you get a sweetness from like sort of like it isn't fruity. Um, but there is a little bit. It's it's a quality beer to be honest. It's probably the first. I'm going to say darker beer, but brown beer anyway, I think I've had from you guys. Most of the other stuff I've had has been what I would deem your kind of, um, your go-to with IPAs and pills and, you know, stuff like that. But this is, uh, it's, it's it's delightful, to be honest with you. I really like that bit. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I mean, there's a reason why you won't have had many of them. Uh, it's because we're still, we, you know, they, they don't move like uh, yeah. IPAs. You know, uh, RPA sales, they're, uh, you know, it's what people want, or people in our market, certainly. Uh, very happy with that beer. Uh, a lot, And it's it's changed a lot since we first started. I mean, when it first started, when we first packaged, it was uh, quite sharp as well. Uh, there's Co uh, and East Kent Golding in that, uh, which interact really well. So the hops have faded, but it's sweetened up, and the malts come through more. Yeah. You know, and as we all know, beer does change as uh, as time moves on. Yeah, I've got to admit, it's um, having drank quite a good uh, number of sort of ales and Scottish ales and bitters and all the rest of it in the last couple of months. I suppose uh, it's it, it holds up, but it's sort of it reminds me of the the brown ale we had from Stannery a few weeks back because. Yes. Oh. It's it's a traditional style of beer done it with a modern twist is how I described it and that's kind of where this is sitting like you're getting all everything you want from a bitter but obviously this is an extra special bitter you know so it's got a little some something else um and yeah it's 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 lovely it's seven percent you know it's just got the right um like there you can feel a wee bit of booziness to it which is nice but um. Yeah, I'm, I can see. Thoroughly enjoying. Good. Glad you like it. It's two thirds of the way to a barley wine, I think. That kind of bit. Well, that, see, oh. that's, that's why he's oh, nearly having an, uh, an issue there. Mark and barley wine don't go. No. After, <laughs> after a barley, barley wine fueled escapade. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy a barley wine, but I don't think they enjoy me. No, it's the it's, uh, it's the other way around. Like I, I don't I don't enjoy them, but they enjoy me. Um, <laughs> but 
Um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that actually because now that you've said that, it's actually triggered quite an emotional uh, ballywine <laughs> experience that I had um, just with the kind of treacly syrupy um, flashbacks. To, yeah, well, I flash <laughs> flash lying on my back was probably the, 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 the thought that, that came from. I should mention about that bit just before we move on to something else. That was brewed with John Keelan. Oh uh, yeah, sorry, I should have mentioned that. Yeah, brewer of Fuller's. Uh, it was a good friend and a great brewer. Uh, and uh, Well, he was a great brewer. Now he's a great retiree, I believe. Yep. He steps it, keeps his hand very much in the brewing industry, but I don't think he's stuck through a brew in a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, myself, I managed to pick up... Um, so I, I also had um, the boozer box off you guys, I think, in January or, or December. Time and I enjoyed the beers. I'm going to get to the names of the beers in a, in a minute because they're fucking brilliant. But I managed to pick up um, your collaboration with Beak, the pretty, pretty good double dry yeah. hot IPA. It's 6.5%. This is like 100% my kind of fucking beer. Um, we've got our mate Nelson is in there. We've got Citroën Galaxy. So all, everything you, we want, or I want anyway, from a beer, um, it's it's... <sighs> I hate using the word dank because I think it's just a fucking random made up word sometimes. But it's got a wee bit of kind of danky fruitiness to it. It's nice and pillowy, soft. Um, it like that kind of like you said in the can you've used, and you've got some an oaty body in there, so you've, you're definitely getting that that little bit of thickness in the body, which I really really like. And I I really look for on a beer. And this is just for me, it's just such a beer that I could just drink over and over again. And um, managed to pick it up from the tap room at Beak um, personally, and fuck me, I'll be going back to pick up a few more cans. To be fair, because this is this is the beer I could drink every day of the week. Yeah, good. It's lovely. Thank you. Now that was uh, well, I said it's a bit of a departure for us. Yet it's, I think we tend to do something big and hoppy for a collab because that's what people want to see. Not yeah. everything, will. Uh, but. Uh, we did. Uh, that's basically it. Was a, a straight three-way split between those three hops. Uh, nice and simple, just good hops and lots of them. Uh, more oats than uh, we would normally put in uh, worked fine, uh, and we used uh, a different yeast. We've always used the uh, verdant yeast. Yeah. Uh, previously, uh, not for everything, but most things. It's got a lovely dryness to the back of it as well. That uh, makes you just want to keep going back for more and more. Yeah, I, just love, I can't. I literally, I put it down. and I'm like, I just want to pick it back up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's accentuated by a little bit of bitterness. I think our beers tend to be not not bitter, but they've got a touch more bitter, t- touch more bitterness than most of the uh, sort of juice beers around. I think. Which, which to be fair, we it's balanced and it's kind of. I know the three of us will say like, um, a beer needs a wee bit of bitterness in the back of it. Oh yeah, you can't yeah. be. You can't beat it. No, Mark, you fucking love it. Oh yeah, I'm at West is best to be honest, but um, like that's one thing I had written down from when I sort of reviewed the book, like the Bruiser box was everything was delicious, but everything it was like. I felt like everything was like I wanted like two cans of every beer, like yeah. if that made sense. Because like you got to the end of the can and you were thinking, "Shit, I want to like direct you to our website." <laughs> <laughs> don't you worry, don't you don't worry, you worry mate. <laughs> uh, don't you worry. 
but that was the thing. It was like, like, because the bitterness took you back, the dryness took you back. You were getting all the flavors that you would come to expect from, like, you know. Dare I say it? You obviously you're you're, you're in um you're you're in Manchester and you're you're in some um some like quite steep competition with some breweries that float around you. Let's be honest in terms of the style of beers that they make as well, um, and you know we've had this conversation plenty of times where it's you know let's be honest you throw Simcoe you know Citra and Amarillo name the name the hops into a beer like everybody's going to make a good beer and how do you differentiate yourself slightly when even what you just said james everybody wants a juicy pale ale now everybody wants a juicy ipa name you know or whatever and for me that was the thing that of the different beers that or the different breweries that i've tried at least this year anyway that it was the bitterness for me that i was thinking you know this is for me it's more balanced it isn't just juice bomb this is sweet, one and done. Thanks very much. It was a lovely beer. Would I have it again? Nah. The, the, your beers were more like, I want a second can of that. Like they were yeah. off, they were sessionable. Like even at six and percent and five, you know, name the percentages. But I, that was one thing I was like, I wanted to go back and back and back. So it's a t- it's a testament to kind of the the balance of the beers that you're making. To be honest, because we the thing is we we, we when we get these boxes. Our bruiser boxes come through like to be. I know we should get fucking sponsors our bruiser by the way. They should get the finger it. We've answered it so many times now. Ollie, really? boys, get Ollie it softy. Um, but like we literally try and find holes in the beer and like, oh, all right, okay, that's a wee bit offset there. Like maybe not too bitter there, blah, 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 or it's a bit green. But like I had the box and it was just fucking like tremendous. The one thing for me that, like you said, Mark, looking to stand out from the crowd a wee bit differentiate from things was the name of the beers. Where the fuck do you get the name of these beers from? Because it's fucking <laughs> hilarious. Like I had, what was it? Cheesecake? No, Cheeseburger Paradise last week or the week before. That's uh, well, we have a, we have a group, uh, a WhatsApp group or a fat group, and. Uh, Basically, we're looking for popular culture references, and it has to be funny. So everybody in the in our employment is on that group. Yeah, that whatever the moment takes, and they can put something on it. Myself, Michael, and James Lever, our graphics guy, uh, marketing guy. Uh, we meet each week. We need to name a few beers, and we have, we have you know we see what's come up and. Uh, yep. If we like it, if it's funny, uh, we like the reference, and there's nothing dodgy about it, then uh, and he could <laughs> can work with that. Then uh, we go, yeah, you know. So, uh, so that's where they come from. Cheeseburger in Paradise is I don't actually know the name of the artist, but it's Yachtcore, I think it's called the type of music. All oh, right, Scott, you'll be more into that. You'll be fucking clued up in the music more than us. Well, that's kind of I'm assuming it. It's like kind of yacht rockish. It's got that kind of aye. It's yeah. I know the I know the kind of vibe. I don't yeah. know. Could you give you any specific <laughs> examples? But I know the vibe. Like the one that the one that looking back through the pictures and stuff I've taken of your beers and going to your Instagram, like succulent Chinese menu is fucking hilarious name for a beer. <laughs> it's and it's like they, uh, that's the video. The guy, the Australian guy that they thought was a. Uh, <laughs> So they thought he. They thought the police <laughs> thought he was um like a huge fraudster, fraudster like they had been going after him oh. for all these credit card fraud things, and they he's sitting there with his mates, 
and this time he's restaurant having some tea like a couple he's had a couple of glasses of wine or whatever next thing all of a sudden it's all guns blazing in the restaurant and they strong arm him out of there and they're trying to put him in the in the car. In the car. He's aye. like, you can't, this is democracy manifest. I'm just trying to enjoy a meal, a succulent Chinese meal. And then he goes out he, he, the boy tries to put him in the car and he's like, get your hands off my penis. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to, and then he's trying to get him in the car and there's one in the car. He's like, are you going to touch my penis as well? <laughs> are you going to see my flaccid penis? He strong arms on me. He's like, the guy's like, Try to get obviously the police officers try to kind of wrangle him into the car. So I'm kind of like that. I see, I, I, I see you know your judo well, sir. He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to put him in the car. It's brilliant. And after he's at the, so the police are getting it big licks to all the, the news agencies and everything. And then about half an hour later, he gets released and he has to go tails between the legs and say it wasn't him, it was somebody else. <laughs> We're still looking for the boy, but honestly, they thought they'd cracked it. It was like everybody was there. Ready to get a, a piece of lift in this guy, and he made he was a perfect soundbite for the cameras because he had had two or three glasses of wine by that point. There was a, an interview with him afterwards. He's an artist or something like that. Mm. He's quite kind of flamboyant anyway, but obviously had two or three glasses of red wine into that, and he was perfect for a few soundbites. So I a succulent, a succulent Chinese man. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking brilliant, honestly. If we. If- like you said, the names of the beers are hilarious. Um, and if you look at three of the more recent ones, so you've got three new beers that are getting released tomorrow or when you listen to this podcast, potentially today. Um, so three new beers, Gilroy. In fact, the two of you should really appreciate this one is uh, a lager at 4.8%. It's Jabroni. Jabroni. Excellent. Love it. Excellent fucking name. Yeah. Well, you recognise the reference, so you know. Yep. Well, it's wrestling and Sopranos, of course, as well. Yeah. It sounds like uh, a big brand, Italian uh, Pilsner. Yeah, Yeah, it's also got that. It's a fucking brilliant name. Uh, You've also got. far enough away to avoid the cease and desist as well. Yeah, he does. Whilst hacking enough to have the, the rhyme on the end. Brilliant. Um, you've also got a, a New England coming out as well at 6.5% called They're Not Tricks, They're Illusions. Like yeah. that. That's from Arrested Development, that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. And the third one is a collaboration with, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, not in Bond Brewing. Uh, for me, it was Tuesday, a double dried hop IPA, which again, um, fucking sounds right up my street at 6.5%. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes to all that. three. Very happy with that, you know. How did how do you how do these like say? So you've got that that collaboration there. You've had the collaboration beak. You've had a couple of ones already. How do these? How do you find these come about? Are these ones that you you like doing collaborations, or is it just a natural thing? Uh, there's a couple of things. It's good to bounce ideas off people, you know, yeah. and it's you know that that really helps. Uh, it's uh, having somebody at home is nice because you can show them what you've got and you can show them a good time and make beer with them and that's fun. The yeah. way day ones are really useful. Uh, you see how the other other half works. Uh, things that you've probably been looking for a solution to for five or six years and uh, they're doing the obvious thing right in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so it, it's great for. I mean, it's an education uh, going yeah. to. Yeah, you know, it really is. 
Mm. It's mad how different people like it's making beer. It's the same process. Let's be honest, you know. And but everybody's got their own sort of spins and tricks yeah. of the trade that they like to kind of put on that makes each brewery kind of stand out and each brewer stand out. You know, they've got their own way. Like I've done a few collabs <clears throat> in home and away and stuff as well, and even just getting to see how people work their kit. And then the learnings that you can take from that, like you say, oh, why do you do it that way? Oh, well, it's X because it allows us to transfer into the tank better or whatever. And you think, ah, oh, shit, we could probably do something like that in our house. You know, like our house is a bit, so it's, it's, it is wicked. I need to ask about the labels because the labels for me are fucking unreal. Um, I like, I'm a person who likes to take labels off cans and stick them on bits on put them on the wall etc um the labels are a big standout where was the idea to do the labels in the way that you have this kind of wavy effect so to speak oh, i don't know how else you fucking describe it it's an s shape on its side oh you bastard so it is yeah <laughs> so it's fucker yeah. <laughs> it's the simple things, Gav. You're Come on, yeah. deep meaning there. I know. I was looking for a deep meaning. It's just a fucking ass on its side. Yeah, bastard. The simplest, the simplest answer is most often the right mm, one. It's yeah. your face. Isn't it? <laughs> so the, I mean, basically, with that, we uh, we wanted something that was going to stand out, uh, look like craft beer, but not look like everybody else, and yeah. jump at you off a shelf. So it was a, a fairly painstaking process to arrive at what we wanted, you know. Uh, as uh, we saw, went through a lot of iterations of things that, well, just look like generic craft beer, yeah. which I'm sure is another kind of thing. I mean, that's you know, you see it, it's craft beer, but you couldn't, you wouldn't know whose it was. Aye. Yeah, and we, you know, we didn't want that. You know, it's like uh, if. If you're going to, if your brand's going to mean anything, uh, people need to be able to recognise it hundred yards, you know. So you want something essentially simple, but also talking amongst ourselves, uh, actual shot, you know. We wanted the sense of fun in it. Yeah, uh, there needed to be humour. There needed to be fun in it, and you know, never sneery, always upbeat, sort of thing. Uh, and you know, beer's a product that's meant to be enjoyed. Is uh, yeah. something you know, uh, and the name should be fun. The label should be fun, or at least that's our take on it. You know, so uh, and the guy who does all our artworks, uh, James Lever. He's uh, he's actually our first employee. He was employed before me, so, so he's James one, one James. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He can be James one today. You <laughs> <laughs> certainly won, <Well>, James. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's done it. He's done it. He does a fucking he's smashing great. job. Yeah, yeah. I, there's. Uh, I've been. Uh, well, he came up with the uh, the face logo, uh, all the rest of it, uh, and we started with the shape of the can and the uh, short shot writing, uh, yeah. and then the face came. Uh, then just some ideas around that, you know, uh, using bits of photography, using bits of, uh, you know. All, every single label is fucking insane. It's fucking, it's brilliant. Like, they're, they're funny. There's, there's like jokes within the labels that if you properly, like, on some of them that I had anyway, if you look at it, there's just some funny little bits you can take from them. Um, 
And to be fair, <laughs> if you're somebody who likes labels, like you're probably going to take every single label off a sure shot because they're fucking brilliant. Yeah. Now we're really happy with them and uh, happy with the way we've, they've been received. He does say uh, a weekly dad joke on his uh, on his mailer as well. <laughs> I think that's a really nice touch. That's, that's that's definitely worth it. I need to I need to stock up on dad jokes to be fair. Yeah. I'm running I'm running thin. I'm running thin. I know you Mark, you picked something out of out of the, the website, um a kind of quote that you, you kinda of liked earlier on. Uh yeah. But you said was, you did anyway. It was more um, we've kinda of touched on it already, but it was the fact that you were the key aspect was small pack and that you were basically saying, you know, people will take a chance on a small pack beer before yeah. a pub will take a chance on a keg of beer. And I can, having doing sales for a brewery, I totally relate to that, you know, that you can hand, you know, a, a four pack, a six pack of cans and saying, look, yeah, give it a try. Oh, the beer tastes great. And you can hand it out to some people. But, you know, getting people then on the hook for, draft lines and keg lines, cast lines, all that kind of stuff is, you know, it's a tough sell. And it, it kind of comes back to that point I had made earlier too on how competitive the Manchester market is for the styles of beer that you're obviously brewing and yeah. um, how important that small pack is for your business sort of moving forward. Obviously, you've got the tap room as well, which you can help with keg stuff, but. Uh, that was something that I just and we've kind of like we've kind of arched our way around it um, in that, but I thought it was I thought it was just so important. You know, you were like, oh, we're going to focus on small pack. We're going to put all this artwork. We're going to put all this time and effort into design and making it stand out and all the rest of it um, because we need people to know about Sure Shop before because the pubs yeah. won't just go. Oh, cool! It sounds like a good brewery. Yeah, give yeah. us you know, give us five kegs of beer of your whatever it is um they don't just... do that do they off, off you know straight away no, 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 i mean the thing is if you're selling ipas double ipas all that kind of jazz uh it's it's a hell of a commitment for a publican you know yep. if they've bought a dog it's cost them on you know uh well it's cost them a lot of money yeah mm -hmm. totally no totally you see and you know the way they um, and the way the uh, the pub trade's going just now, you know, and with the prices of everything going up, you're not getting a keg of beer. I know you're uh, 30s or 50s. You're not getting a keg of beer for under like 120 quid, unless it's like something on like some mad. I'm talking about like premium craft, if you know what I mean. Like, but you know, unless it's something that's mass produced by name the the macro, you know, that have got deals tied into everybody. But you know, pubs that are looking for something that's different. I'm not going to name the pub, but I was speaking to someone this week and he said the only way I could afford to buy this cask of beer with, through my supplier was for them, like the cask price was something like a hundred, whatever he says, like say like 150 quid or something, right? And he says, to, for me to get my GP at that price, I was going to have to sell pints at £7.50 for a cask mm. beer, right? Yeah. He's like... No one's buying that. No one. He's like, so the only way I could get it through their system was basically they added like 10 quid here, 15 quid here, another 10 are on to like other products that we had bought in a bulk buy. So I was, you know, so everything else went up this wee price and I had a couple of packs of cans that went in the, fr the fridge and all the rest of it just so I could, and he was still selling the beer at, you know, 650 on yeah. cask. But he's like, I really wanted the beer. 
but he was like, just with the way you, you know, obviously the pressures of GP and getting that kind of stuff through. Well, your GP has to go a lot further these days with uh, energy prices. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of comes by what you say for me. How's how is the competition within the Manchester market for like you know rotation lines and like pubs? And I know the, the and you know you're obviously going up against a wide variety. It's not just the cloud waters and tracks of the world um, that are floating around Manchester. You know, there's like a, such a wide variety now of like quality craft breweries. How is that like fighting for? draft space keg space that isn't obviously in your own premises well there's a lot of competition i'd say friendly competition yeah yeah almost uh when there's uh you know everybody seems to get on in uh the manchester which you're not just competing against manchester but manchester being a you know big city and all the rest of it you're competing against uh just about every brewery in the country as well yeah you know uh so most breweries of our style, decent kind of beers that we do, Daya, Beak, whoever, uh, they have they have a route into Manchester by hook or by crook, sort of thing mm-hmm. as well. So, I mean, you, you there's competition. There's always going to be competition. You can't compete on anything but quality, though. If you start competing on price, you as a small brewer, if you're you, up Creek, yeah, it's a fast way to the wall. Yeah. If you've got a, a huge brewery and you can shift that volume, then you can talk about uh, economies of scale totally. and all the rest of it. But the bigger the brew house, the bigger the fermenter, you know, the, the better the efficiencies uh, always and the better your buying power. Uh, and, uh, you know, if it doesn't work out, the harder you fall. Yeah, well. that's very true. It's, it's just, I'm glad you kind of mentioned that, to be honest, because... I think quality is something that if 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 shit does hit the fan, if that's the best way that you you kind of you fell on the sword of like we're not we're not skipping corners, we're we're doing things the right way, we're having a laugh, we're going to put our spin on things, but at the end of the day, everything that leaves our brewery, we deem it as quality, and yeah. you know that's where you know. You know, good pubs and restaurants and all these kind of people on like the on trade stuff are going to like because that's the thing they look after. Like I, I know that from my personal experience as well. You know, I'm I'm coming to you, Mark, because I've been let down by X, Y, and Z. Beers pouring everywhere. It's foaming. And I'm losing X amount of um, pints per keg. All that kind of stuff. Um, and people love the beer. Bang, you know that's something like quality. It makes such a huge difference. What is your um, just from what is your kind of brew um, scale? Like how much are you brewing per uh, per time? Well, we're a thirteen hectare brew, thirteen hectare, hectare, thirteen hectare brew. Hey? <laughs> cool. That's big, thirteen hectare. Yeah. Uh, thirteen hectare. So um, that's the whole of Manchester brewing. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, 30 hectolitres fermenters, so we double brew everything. So if we if we get out of bed, we get out of bed early. Or, well, yeah. like that. Joe does or Connor does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you, you show up for the, the back shift for the second brew at lunchtime? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Quite uh, right. You know, no, it's, it's, it's mad, though, isn't it? Like the And I think, what you say, the double brew idea, I think it's something that's obviously, it's obviously widely done because, obviously, if, like bigger fermenters, like you say, the efficiency, the quality that you can get, 
Um, and obviously trying to boil X amount of beer at a time is uh, <laughs> it, it takes its uh, it takes its time. That's for sure. So yeah, it does. I mean, we got we got the brew house. We got uh, thirty hex liter was you know seemed like a sensible uh, yeah. size. You know, so that's what we went for. You know, we can uh, triple brew if need be. Yeah, and. Uh, I know my guys do that. They they can triple brew and then ferment into the one, um, yeah. but you know the one lager and stuff. So, uh, and uh, like I know when they say that it's it's a day. It's like you know there's a day shift and a, like see, a back this shift. Is, this is this yeah. is why Scott. This is why me and you don't homebrew. No, I just drink, drink it. it. Nah, just drink it. Fuck that shit. It's fascinating. Yeah, it though. sounds like it's, hard work. Oh, it's hard work. Like it's yeah, hard work. I'm not into that. No. Just don't drink it. <laughs> Just don't drink it. <laughs> Just don't drink it. Um, James, what should we look forward to in terms of future wise with SureShot? What's in the pipeline? What can you tell us? And where is the best place to grab your beer? Best place to grab our beer. Well, I'm obviously going to say uh, from our website and from our tap room, which is lovely. Awesome. You know, yep. I, mean, I pay good money to say that, but also, do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but then, so. Uh, but cans around Manchester, uh, Hayton Hops, all the Epicureans, uh, free trade in Manchester. We're usually in most places. Uh, yeah. So there's not uh, not many that haven't had us. Uh, Is there yeah. anything, anything in the pipeline we should keep our eyes peeled for? Apart from the the three beers I mentioned, which will be released by the time this podcast is is out there, so make sure you go to the website. I'll 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 tell you the website in a second. But anything the pipeline we should keep our eyes out for that you can tell us. Well, there's going to be a couple of sours coming along, uh, so uh, don't want sour. You know, uh, Mark hates sours. Yeah, they're not. That's not. I know it's summertime. There's a time and a place for them. This is here's my pitch to you, James. This is the size oh, of the go. can that you need to do a sour in. <laughs> that's a what is that? A hundred and fifty, hundred and ten mil. That's like sure everyone just got massive hands. No, <laughs> no. Look at this. It's, it's the head. Look at that. If I, 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 I put it next to my nose, you'll see how big my nose is. But, um, no, um, pair of a man. Yeah, <laughs> I've been I've been called worse. Put it that way. Um, that's for sure. Uh, uh, but, uh, <laughs> we, there you go. Hundred mils. A wee cleanser, isn't it? I, I'm gonna say you're not a fan. Then in that case, there's a time. There's a time and a place. I get them, but like I've always oh the the thing I've always said is like even like a three thirty mil. Like you get a couple of mouthfuls of a sour for me, and the flavour is nice, and I just it gets a bit um, a bit tedious, and like you know, a four forty is even more. But uh, oh, I was, yeah, it's, it's not is no your cup of tea at all, mate, is it? Nah, it's not. But <laughs> if like knowing the quality of the beer that you're making, I would give it a try, and then I would give it an honest then feedback. You'd, then you'd pass it on to one of us. I have no argument as long as you're paying for it. I've got, I've got not, yeah. not a problem with uh, that. Shock horror, shock horror. As long as you're paying oh, for it, son. another double IPA coming out fairly soon. Oh, uh, that sounds which uh, I've tasted, I'm happy with. Uh, here we go. So we'll have that's that. That's all the endorsement we need. That's an order. Yeah, that'll be a couple of weeks. Uh, 
It's got a uh, couple of collabs. Well, we've got, yeah, uh, we've got one collab in Tank, uh, Police. That'll be out soon. So uh, we have Lally across, who uh, I've known for years uh, through Mad Hatter and Glen Affric and all the rest of it. Uh, And uh, yeah, a couple more collabs this month. And yeah, that's it, really. Uh, Looking at the more stouts, more sort of standard strength stouts as well. That sounds good. That sounds good, mate. Sounds good. A lot lot to look forward to. It's one of my favorites. You know. Well, all beers for drinking. You, well, I <laughs> not hard to look at. Well, you do a bit, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes. Uh. <laughs> right. What about festivals or that? You got anything like? Obviously, it's summertime, so you got anything planned for the tap room? Like, try and get people your way or anything like well, that? We, we have, as it happens, and uh, I've just I've watched the social media. I'll, I'll, I'll get told off if I go in and said. Oh, <laughs> the there you go. So then uh, yeah, we've also got uh, the the Northern Monk thing, the Hop City. Hop City, yep. Uh, we'll have a presence at Five Fest as well, uh, and Billy's in Antwerp. Oh, uh, really good. Oh, oh yeah, we're starting exporting as well. That's quite exciting. Oh, that's cool. Oh, it's it's cool. It's, it's you know not much used to a customer in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but really. Uh... No. Where are you all going to? Is it just everywhere, mainland Europe? Or is there mainland Europe. Uh, Excellent. Brilliant. Oh, uh, that's it's, it's, it's cool, like, to th- think that, like, you know, your beer's going to be getting poured, wh- like, wherever it is. We were speaking about that last week, weren't we? And, yeah. you know, the wee Scottish brewery in Glasgow were shipping beer to California. And they had their first ever order, and they were saying, we've never done export before, but we got this. I just... I sent an email and chanced my luck, and they, they they came back with, "Yeah, we'll take a pallet if you could do this and that." And he was like, "Okay, cool." So shipping all this beer over, you know, California yeah, to yeah. be to be sold. It's just it's, it shows you how small the the, the world. You know is. what it is. You know what it is actually. You know how before when you go on holiday, right? When you first the first couple of times you went on holiday and you go, "Oh, there's Walker's Crystal Lays," and then you oh, the other you pointing at like. Crisps and stuff and shit that you get back at home. Oh, they did this here, and you're in Spain, and of course they fucking did there. That was a fucking stupid. So, but I'll end up being the same thing with beer. You're like, ah, oh, Christ, there's. It's like when you went and you seen the the tenants export and stuff and the uh, vending, vending machine. machine. No, no. Like, oh, they do tenants. Right. You're like, well, super uh, all over Italy. You remember you that there we go. That could be sure shot. Could be I don't know. You want to put it in another city. And like it could that. be Antwerp, it could be their new hit for this year. They like right. they like a strong beer. You've got double IPAs kicking about right. somewhere. <laughs> That'd yeah. be good. Um, definitely make sure and you head over to the Sure Shop website. Um, that will be your best place to get beer sent directly to your door, obviously. SureShopBrew.com. Um, if your local establishment beer shop does not sell Sure Shop, make sure you get them. And just ask them why and tell them to get in touch with the team at SureShot to get some of their beers. And uh, I literally guarantee they will not be disappointed because the beers, one, taste great. The, the cans look fucking brilliant, to be fair. Um, and that's not coming from myself. That's coming from at least two of us, um, which is all the fucking praise you need, to be fair. Oh, yeah. on, 
on the reason why you should be fucking buying the beer. And um, so yes, go to sureshopbrew.com, grab yourself some cans. Uh, also head over to the social media pages to look out for all those collaborations and the festivals, etc. Um, that were potentially coming up uh, the rest of the year. Search Sure Shop while you're at it. You can search the Beer Fridge Podcast, like, follow and share all the content wherever you've listened to this podcast. You can uh, drop us a wee five-star rating, hit the ding-a-ling-a-ling as well to show your support. You can also show you our official support by heading to the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast, where you get access to exclusive content and much more. Patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast. James, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Um, this is one I've looked forward to for a while um, and talking to yourself with regards to beer. So I appreciate you taking the time to come and join us this evening. It's been great fun. That's been great. Thank you very much. Lovely to meet you. Super. Until next time for the Beer Fridge Podcast, real beer, real breweries, real opinions. Bye. Beer Fridge Podcast.